Ed Bloxham here. Ed talks about Zhong Wenyin's island triptych. This video is a review of the novels of Zhong Wenyin's island triptych and a preview of the audiobook made by me of books one and three of that triptych. What are the books about? Well, the sort of Taiwanese culture and history depicted through the eyes of the nation's women. The three books are linear, um, but in reverse. Book three happens first in time, then book two, and then book one. I should say it's quite important that book two doesn't exist in English translation. So seeing as I can't speak Chinese, um, there isn't an audiobook. These are the audiobooks for books one and three. Uh, however, the stories are not linear, and in particular, the three books are quite distinct in style. Um, it's almost like um, they're, they're completely different books, so you really can read them in, in any order. In particular, if book one happens after book three, uh, yeah. So book three is a you know, poetic and carefully structured book, um, which details the multiple narrative arcs of um, Taiwan's women. Um, and book one is a single person narrative, uh, a kind of memoir. We'll get to the details in a moment. Um, I'm now going to read to you the introduction to uh, Decay Land, uh, which is translated by uh, Dr. Xu Pao Feng, very competently, I, I should add. Um, and the introduction was written by Professor Earl Jackson Jr. The first novel, Decay Lust, is set in modern Taipei and features several women who have left their respective hometowns to pursue education, career, and sexual adventure in the metropolis. Decayed Land returns one of the women, a writer, to her ancestral village, which inaugurates a retelling of a familial history from the end of the Jing Dynasty to the present, focusing on the generations of women who endured and sustained the life of their community. While the figure of the writer Nina binds the first and third novels together on the level of plot, the allusions to these poetic forms link the two novels on the levels of legacy and representational adventures across time. And indeed the glossiness of the erotic histories recounted in Decayed Lust does not merely conform to an ancient template, but adapts the form to a decidedly radical politics. The apparent superficiality of the accounts of serial sexual encounters deliberately plays out on a textual surface, which allows the narrator to understand gender and sexuality as consequential, without allowing either the men in those encounters to colonise Nina's psyche, or the encounters themselves to become Nina's fate. Nina's hard-won relation to her life, however, was not an option for her forebearers, but it is in Nina's respect for those who came before and what they suffered, and how they lived within whatever options they had, that energises the narratives in Decayed Land. Although the tale of the Jung family begins with the patriarch who came to Taiwan from the mainland, the narrative only mentions his initial success and fortune to set the stage for his four wives, whose story is the real beginning here. And even this beginning is told through a prism of multiple temporalities. The women are seen not as the brides they were so much as the grandmothers they each became, and the legends they lived on in the memories of the villagers. The trilogy is an act of cognitive justice on several levels. First of all, it returns to language the horrors of the white terror and martial law. It revisits the oppressions and ambivalences of the Japanese colonial period, and it chronicles the longings and bitterness, dreams and nightmares thrown across the strait from either shore. These are revelations on the level of content, on the level of form, the novels take on the complexity of Taiwan's multi-layered histories with equally inventive complexities of storytelling and representational practices. 
At times the same event is told twice, smoking Amar's arrest by the Japanese, vegetarian Amar's shamanic negotiations in the spirit realm, Wesley Yang's ordeal buried alive in a field, or Yun Mei's journey to Taipei with her young daughter to retrieve the body of her husband executed by the government. The repetition does not serve to offer a different character's perspective, but to underscore the many aspects of any event. The cumulative effect is reminiscent of the brushstrokes in Van Gogh's paintings, heartbreaking and exhilarating, mournful and aware. Zheng Wenyan has not only written a breathtaking account of time and its history, but has developed a narrative repertoire whose complexity resonates with and does honour to the complexity of Taiwan across time and in any given moment. The introduction now by Professor Old Jackson Jr. But what are the books actually like? Well, since land is a kind of history, you might compare it to a kind of uh, Chinese rural fiction, if you ever read Chinese rural fiction. Chinese culture and Taiwanese culture are intimately related so any east asian i don't know maybe i'm just being a terrible racist and getting them all mixed up i thought i'd read more chinese rural fiction than i actually had according to my um book record here um the, the stories of su tong was the only thing that i'd read before that was related in the rural sense so that's decayed land rural stories some of them as as mentioned in the introduction there are repeated but it's kind of like a it's almost like a cycle it's almost like a symphony of words a poem it's very much a poetic experience as things come back um although the story is mostly linear um events are remembered there are two cantos in the book the second canto uh, shifts to second person narrative uh, as in you, um, from the third-person narrative of the rest of the book. Um, so, uh, But this serves to highlight the individual characters in the story. The cast of characters in um, Canto 1 can become quite dizzying uh, at times, although it's not you, there's plenty of explanation. Um, in the second part, you get a greater sense of an individual's life, uh, individual's achievements. Decade Lust, however, um, is a is almost written by a different person. That's how different it is. Translated by C.J. Anderson Wu, so that probably has uh, partly to do with it. But also, I just think the narrative is completely different. Like I said, it's a kind of memoir, um, an extremely detailed uh, and thorough memoir. Um, if I was to compare it, um, something that happens in the introduction to *The Decayed Lust*, which I'm not going to read, uh, is a is a comparison with James Joyce. The James Joyce of Portrait of the Artist and um, Dubliners, rather than the James Joyce of Ulysses and Finnegan's Wake, uh, the latter two being um, books so immensely illegible, only trained special people uh, can read them and understand them. Um, Dubliners and Portrait are somewhat more readable, although intensely detailed intensely realistic intensely detailed so that's what decayed lust is is like as a book is it erotic not particularly it's more like a, a series i might call them romantic encounters rather than sexual encounters although there, there is sex in every one you do, there isn't a lot of description of the sex um and it's always the sort of things around the sex that's happening the the room the strange times the strange things they do that aren't sex it's a kind of thorough realism um, like I said, rather like James Joyce, but also like a kind of um, pitch of an exhibition, a Mozorksy piece of music, or indeed a Takamitsu piece of music, where you sort of stand still in one place and then you 
um, are taken from one story to another in linear fashion. So it's not like a picaresque, one of those sort of movies, like a travel movie where the, where the um, character meets a bunch of colourful, the main character meets a bunch of colourful characters. It's more, you know, a static position and you see, you do see a linear story. The story starts um, in college and then jobs after college and then um, the story ends uh, with the SARS epidemic, which is a massive coincidence. And there we go. It's a coincidence. I started this book a long time ago. So, yeah, the end will seem quite familiar. <laughs> I want to talk about the women's stories. It's the way I'd rather describe it um, than feminism. There is certainly feminism in this book. It's certainly an issue. The issues are certainly brought up, but very much through the um, image of the stories of women. I was concerned enough. I didn't want to co-opt the women's voice. I asked the author whether she minded me doing it. There was no attempt to co-opt the voice here. I'm making these books because I thought they were interesting and nobody else had done it yet. She said it would be interesting to, to have such a woman's story from a man's perspective. But like I said, not trying to co-opt anything. Um, the feminism in these books should hopefully exist in the text beyond the lewdness of my voice. Um, the father figure, as mentioned, is literally and figuratively absent. Um, this is really much the story of the, the women in Taiwanese history um, and indeed lust, the single person narrative. So the woman's rather than women's history, um, because lust is so much a memoir. The reason why there isn't a book two um, is because it hasn't been translated yet. So if these books do well enough, I can organize a translation of that and make the audiobook. Um, as it is, these books exist as books one and three. They can be read in any order you like. Do check them out. I hope you enjoyed this video. I've been Ed Bloxham. I will continue to be Ed Bloxham after the video is over. Ed Talks will talk about literature. It will also talk about music. So join me next time. I'll be talking about the essential pianism of Vanessa Carlton's music. It doesn't sound like that. Please like and subscribe or don't.